0: Morning and welcome to the 9:38 podcast here at the BBFI Mission's office in Springfield, Missouri. I've got with me, by way of Zoom this morning, all the way from New Zealand, Dalton Walker, missionary uh, to New Zealand. For uh, welcome to welcome to the program, Dalton. Good to be
1: with you, brother Steve.
0: Dalton, how, how many years have you been in New Zealand? I, I I had a had a brain cramp there and forgot.
1: Well. I think Paulette and I were looking at stuff the other day and we're on our 25th volume of newsletter. So from the time that we headed out on deputation, it would be 25. So 24 years actually here.
0: 24 years. Wow. That's wonderful. So you and your wife, Paulette are are there in, in uh, Havelock North, is it?
1: Havelock North, which is an area of Hastings, New Zealand.
0: Uh, yep. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you were able to join us. It's your morning there in in New Zealand and uh, our afternoon here in Springfield. You know, I I was just wondering and had to get that information about 24, 25 years of missionary service. You know, uh, what was it that touched your heart that uh, made you surrender to, to the field of missions and service for the Lord?
1: Right. You know, my mentor taught a lot on missions. And I grew up in BBFI churches hearing about missions. And so I had already been in the ministry for a couple of decades and I took a mission trip and came here and got a real burden for the people and uh, did family conferences and uh, conferences with some of our missionaries who were here at the time and went back and wrestled with it for a couple of years. Uh, finally, uh, you know, we brought, uh, about 18 people on an evangelistic team here for about two and a half weeks to finally put it to bed and just say, you know, surely it's just a love for missions. And, and within the first week that we, we came back on this trip. Just
0: letting so that. To, that- that vision trip, so to speak, it uh, it finalized in your heart and mind that it wasn't just an emotional thing; that it was an actual call of God. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. When when you and Paulette decided to go <clears throat> to to New Zealand as missionaries, uh, you had some children at home, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah, how many we children? We had uh, three sons at home.
0: What effect did that have? Uh, how old were your boys and, and, uh, how, what effect did it have on them moving to New Zealand as missionaries?
1: Well, for one, it was difficult in the beginning. Uh-huh. The other two were excited, but our Andrew, uh, our oldest, and I talked to him about this, made sure it was okay. It was more difficult for him. He was at that 16, 17 year old mark. And he was going to go to BBC, but it came at a a very difficult time for him. We had tremendous friends in our church there in Montana. And, um, so it was difficult for him. And finally, you know, over the next two or three years, he would come to realize it was the best decision that he had ever made. And he has been one of our greatest supporters and helpers while we've been here in New Zealand.
0: That's great. You know, that's that's often the case when when children are older and their parents surrender to go to the mission field, yeah. you know, they're they may they may not sense, sense that same burden and calling of God, but they go along with their parents and I think it's the godly influence of of parents like you and Paulette that that make a difference in their lives and help them to adjust.
1: Man, they're proud of us. <laughs>
0: when you guys first arrived in New Zealand, what, what did, what were some of your memorable experiences?
1: It was raining. (laughs) Every time I've come in and out of an airport in Auckland, it's raining. Um, You know, I think the biggest problem in the cross-cultural adaptation to New Zealand was that when you come, because it is English speaking at first glance, you think that, wow, this is a lot like maybe California. And I've watched people go through that. I've got a couple that's going through it right now, and they've arrived here from America. And um, so that throws you off. Um, Psychological studies have shown that it's more difficult to go to an English-speaking country in some ways because your mind dismisses all the things you should be paying attention to because they speak English. So it's a different English and it's a different way of thinking. uh, Tremendously different. And when you read the newspapers, you can't even understand the things they're talking about, not just historically, anthropologically, geographically, but you can't understand the words they're using that are plain English and the way they put the words together in looking at it.
0: It's, it's, it's a difficult mind game to play because right. it appears like it could be, like you said, uh, a culture in Southern California or any part of the United States, but yet the culture is so totally different, Yeah, uh, that you have to make that. So what was the greatest need that you, first recognized maybe spiritually when you arrived there in New Zealand,
1: the right presentation of the gospel, New Zealand's very religious. As a matter of fact, there are other, there are 162, the last we checked cultures here in New Zealand that all have their own religions. And so, uh, for those that would, uh, talk about Christ, uh they don't recognize him or perhaps their potential or ability to get saved so when you Mm -hmm. talk to people about christ it's like beating a dead horse in a lot of ways and of course that goes with most european countries It is an extremely difficult mission field but not without the power of god i'm i'm that's one of the assumptions that you can make if you're not careful and i think we've made that before and so just here recently during all the lockdowns and everything we've been seeing people get saved and they've been coming to a place for the first time in new zealand see new zealand's never had to fight for their own freedom they've never had difficult things like that it's socialism moving to communism now and so the government's always been there to take care of everything but now people are going through difficult times where the government perhaps is they're realizing they're on their own and they're realizing, I mean, it's like, this is the time for us here in New Zealand is what my wife and I've been talking about. Uh,
0: are, they, are they, Have you found that the people are maybe a little bit more receptive to listening and yes. to embracing the gospel of, of yes. Jesus Christ?
1: Yeah. They're thinking more about eternity because of their mortality. We are in, without getting into politics, we're in a fear campaign here. Night and day, media blockout uh, or blackout, and media bombardment 24/7 of fear for two and a half years. I mean, in everything, every newspaper, and people are limited on what they can and can't say. And so now people are are seeing and hearing that death is all around them, and so people are starting to line up, you know, at our doors, so to speak. And uh, brother Steve this has been the greatest time of our ministry here
0: in New Zealand. Wow. That's, I was going to ask you, do you see this as a, all of the 25 years before, not to negate any of that, but it prepared you for this time to.
1: And we've talked about that very thing. we said, it's like, it's like all of the years before makes sense now. And it was a, it was a, uh, a steep learning curve, <laughs> but now we're seeing where all of it has paid off. We were set for the time.
0: Well, what's the population of New Zealand? Do you know that off the top of your head? Well, we've
1: recently learned a big lesson, 5 million people, 5 million. Well, the lesson we've learned is that a million of them have been outside of New Zealand. So Um, I don't think most people I've polled knew that there's really 6 million New Zealanders.
0: Goodness. Well, I I guess that would lead me to the question. Do you need some help?
1: Oh, (laughs) do you see these gray hairs? (laughs) When we first came to New Zealand, there was a spattering of missionaries and you and I've had this talk before. Um, New Zealand made it very difficult. As a matter of fact, if you'll research it, it is one of the most difficult open countries to get into uh, for right. a missionary. And um, for a long time I think that I've had a view we can't get missionaries in. And then we watched God do something. It hadn't it hadn't materialized yet, but we, we heard about some of the missionaries that were coming to New Zealand. And we said, how's that happening? We heard about it for a year. Finally, we found where they were at, got a hold of them. They're Canadian. So because oh, they're from a commonwealth, uh, these are missionaries that were trained at Bible colleges in the U.S. And they're able to get in now to New Zealand. And so we started realizing there are ways. Uh, the, I have an American man that's joined me but he married a maori woman going to bible college in america and she had left when she was a young lady playing netball and um so she comes back understanding who we are but also learning her people the maori here and he's american with tremendous capabilities and it's just like a, a marriage made in heaven. So God did it another way. See, they came in as health attendants to her father, who's just passed away this week. And, um, he does our Wednesday nights for us. Well, you
0: know, so that, that just, I've proved, realized
1: God's not limited
0: as that's exactly right. It just proves that when we think that there may not be a way that God says, let me just show you what I can do. Yeah, I can, I can open the doors. You know, and that brings us to the whole focus of our of our challenge and, and podcast, the 938 Challenge, in the mission office we instituted last year, uh, the 938 Project 938, stemming from Ma- Matthew chapter nine and verse 38, when Jesus gave this special prayer request to his disciples, and he said, "Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He would put forth labors into the harvest." And truly, as we look around, we see a great need for, for laborers, um, not just in missions, but in every aspect of Christian service. But, uh, but we focus on missions because we look at the at the mission fields, the countries around the world like New Zealand that need helpers. And, and I'm sure that your people have been praying for, for more laborers as well, haven't they?
1: Yes, they have. And yes, we're participating too in the 938 in October and leading up to it we're participating Great. in it we want you know, people to be uh, people can,
0: involved in it people can go to our website at uh, project938.world and download all kinds of, of uh, resources to help them promote this in their churches To resources to know how to pray uh, in fact this video will be broadcast on our on our YouTube channel and, and different outlets, but it will also, uh, you know, be available to, for people to uh, to download and, and view in their churches and and call attention to the need of, of laborers in New Zealand and all of Oceania.
1: Tremendous need. We How... have lost so many missionaries since I've been here, Brother Steve, and none of them have been replaced.
0: Tell me some ways that people could be involved in the, in the ministry there in New Zealand.
1: First of all, by praying. I believe in the power of prayer. Amen. So many times, you know, I've recently changed our newsletter just simply because so many things we've asked people to pray for have been answered: souls saved, families straightened out, buildings, our folks meet for six months they met in cow patties you know cow pastures and it was kind of a biblical setting you know we had sheep and cows around us and just two weeks ago the school called us and said we want you to come back and it was all because of the covid thing and uh tremendous relationship with the school so now we have these beautiful facilities and look what god did and it was through a partnership of prayer and so many times with health issues or uh, financial issues or whatever. Prayer is the number one. We need to pray to the Lord to help send laborers to all of Oceania and New Zealand specifically, as far as we're concerned, we need helpers that, that understand commitment and faith in God.
0: You know, Dalton, I'm a firm believer that God has not stopped calling people, um, to the mission fields around the world, to to the pastorate in the United States, and to to just be laborers in their local churches. But yes. but I believe that people have quit surrendering, yeah, uh, to that call of God. So they could surrender, they could they could go to the mission field physically and and labor alongside you, uh, you know. Wow. And also they can. If God's not called them to go there or some other place, you know they can always support financially. Uh, you've already mentioned prayer, and that's the primary way I believe. Primary, uh, but you know support financially through their local church. You know, sending supporting missionaries like you and Paulette and others that are in New Zealand and in other countries around the world. They can they so can support's give
1: tremendous. I, I want to say, something, brother Steve, if I have the time, and that is this: it's a a series that I'm doing right now, and, and this very project type of thing is what led me into it. And so I want to give a challenge to people, and that is this: I don't think think our faith as Christians is what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think we all need to do a good, strong reading of Hebrews 11. And we need to look at that early church. Everybody wants the power of the early church, and no one wants to do what the early church did. And so that's sacrifice. That's give. That's go. And to value the things of the eternal more than the comforts of this world. I think a lot of missionaries have been lost to the American dream. And uh, I'm not putting anyone down not condemning anyone. I'm just saying we need more heroes of the faith for other people to see today.
0: Amen. You know, that's, that's so true. And, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, having a personal friendship with you and Paul Ed and, and your boys too. Um, and just having that relationship and, and I will certainly be praying with you and I appreciate you leading your church to join in on on October the 2nd 2022 uh God which praise. is we're designated as project 938 Sunday uh, that's the day that we concertedly all together pray to the Lord of the Harvest but of obviously we we ask people to pray daily uh you know that God would call people and those that he calls would surrender and uh, Well, Dalton, I I appreciate you uh, getting with us on this morning and and spending some time. It's always good to connect and thankful that God has given us this technology that we can use to be together even though we're thousands of miles apart. So what would you say in in closing to the men and women and, and young people that are listening to you today?
1: Most challenging time of my life has been, as a missionary, most rewarding time
0: Mm.
1: has been being a missionary. I'm a (laughs) crybaby. Look to the end, not the now. We need to focus more on the eternal and give God everything we've got and be willing to be used by him and not just send people who are, but be willing ourselves to be used by God, to go and tell other people about Jesus Christ.
0: Well, Dalton, I couldn't say it any plainer or any clearer. You've, you've laid a challenge out for us. And I pray that every man, boy, woman, daughter, girl that was listening to this podcast would take that to heart and would really search themselves and say, God, am I doing what you want me to do, whether it's to go, whether it's to be more involved here where I'm at. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we will pleasure. be looking f- forward to, uh, to seeing you soon and uh, looking forward to October the 2nd uh, when, for Project 938 Sunday. And I want to thank the people that are listening for for joining us and pray that you would uh, be involved as well and see what God wants you to do. May God bless you guys.